This episode is brought to you by Geolog. Geolog is a surface logging service company with nearly 300 units working right now worldwide. If you value specific data while drilling and looking for your best results and the best pay you have, get a hold of Geolog today. We got to sit down with the owner of Bardaz. Bardaz is a software company that's integrating all of the data that can possibly be generated out at a well site while drilling, right? The second you start spudding that well, all that data coming back from mud logging, drillers, ultimately to completion data, all that data is being is being generated. Bardaz is integrating it all to one place and delivering it to, their cl to a client or delivering it to you to make sure that you're seeing all that data in real time and you're finding any kind of mistakes along the way while you're getting ready to drill, complete a well, and make sure that you make more money than you spent. Check out this show. All right, you ready for the three, two, one? Let's go. No, that was perfect. Oh my goodness. Damn it. I watched probably too much your Rogan experience. Man. <laughs> I said We just you... need the whiskey. I mean, you come in. Come on, single malt. Where's the bartender? I mean, all right. So that, I like the way that actually worked. I said three, two, one, and then you said let's go. So I'm I'm just running with the show at this point. I'm the I'm the host of the BB podcast, Troy Tittlemeyer, sitting down with Pablo, which I will allow you to introduce yourself here in a minute. Well, the first thing I want to say is uh, we appreciate Geolog. We appreciate your company, which is called? Bardash. Bar Bardash. Bardash. Yeah. We appreciate your company and the sponsors and the people that allow networking events like this to happen. It's so important. We were just talking about in the previous podcast how important effective networking really is for your business, for your development. You know, finding the people who you're really going to invest time in with and create value in a project like that's what networking is all about. And you allowed us to be here with Geolog and this charity golf tournament. The, tell me a little bit about where the money goes, the proceeds from this. To charity. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, know anymore. I mean, I mean, about Geolog, I mean, just like, I mean, we're happy to be here and uh, thank you for giving us the time to share ideas here. Right on, Pablo. Okay. Well, introduce yourself. Give me a little quick elevator pitch. Who are you? Uh, my name is Pablo Perez. I'm from West Texas. No, just kidding. I'm from oh, Venezuela. Oh, you know, like, like, with this accent, right? I mean, I just tease my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm originally from Venezuela. I mean, it's interesting. Ah. I mean, I'm from Venezuela. I'm married to a lady from Pennsylvania. Really? Okay. I've Lancaster? The, Lancaster County. Lancaster County. Mount Joy, if you want to know more. Mount Joy, no there kidding. All right. I know a little bit about Pennsylvania okay. and the, the Mennonites and the... Uh, she's right? right there. She's not Mennonite, but I mean, she's right there <laughs> at the heart of like the Amish country. Yeah, Amish country, man. It's Yeah, it's a really... Dude, it, I mean, I'm going there in 45 days. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, nice. two weeks. How's, how's the weather in two weeks in Pennsylvania? It's awesome. I mean, you don't want to go, I mean, like in January and February, but right now, I mean, two weeks... June, starting June, I mean, it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice, man. Well, that's cool. And uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about what uh, what degrees do you have? How, like, you're born in Venezuela, you went straight to school. Like, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my parents, I mean, my dad had a, a printing company. A he paving. was an entrepreneur. Paving company? Printing. Printing company. Printing company. Okay. Yeah. So he printed books, labels, and, you know, like, any type of, like, paper paper you know like with labels and stuff like that really okay okay for like local business and local stuff business like that. yeah my father was an entrepreneur and he instigated that in us if you can call it like right that right on 
you know so i mean i worked since i was a little kid and uh that was like kind of like our um part of our education okay okay and uh the long story i mean i've been doing you know drilling and completion data for 27 years i'm a systems engineer so systems engineer yeah. for completion so it's just like computer engineer put it that way okay so i started my career at pdvsa the national company in venezuela wow what was it like working for them that was awesome i mean yeah. it was great before the craziness I what's mean, the craziness what do you mean the craziness if it was chavez in 1998 taking over and messing up the country but wow you don't want me you don't want me probably ranting around that well no you your know, experience with you were there you were you were living during that time we were i mean i tell you what i mean we were happy we didn't know that's what we said venezuelans um before the 90 I mean, 1908 i mean as any other 1998 we had issues at any other country yeah but nothing like in the last 25 years now it's wow. 25 years so um i left in 20 2002 okay right okay. after the uh, crazy uh millennia exactly you're right <laughs> exactly i mean i was part actually of the pdvsa y2k oh no uh, project i mean doing programming oh, no you guys are like freaking that. out the countdown a lot, a lot of money was made by some people i mean there i mean it's so now like, it's venezuelan you know, it guys freaking out just as much as american it guys like our computers are gonna freak out we can't do zero zero that's how i made my money then <laughs> 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 pretending i'm programming and doing this wow. stuff so it's that like was a universal. it was a big deal yeah. universal absolutely yeah absolutely. oh i remember i very much remember that i was going into ninth grade going into high school that year my brother graduated that year man Y2K. So it was a lot of money. Unfortunately, I wasn't the owner then. Wow. But uh, I mean, we made good money, all developers and stuff like that. Wow. And nothing happened, right? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone woke up the next day. Talk about the booze. <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is definitely manageable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild time, man. Well, that's cool. It, it happens, right? I mean, regularly. I mean, back then it was like the Y2K. Now, is, I mean, more recently was the the pandemic right right so right yeah pandemic was that was a virus you know what i mean that was something that kind of latches on and attacks y2k was like did we just waste all our time inventing the internet like is it just not gonna work <laughs> all right if it doesn't work i guess we go pre-internet you know what i mean it's yeah. a step back in functionality but everything the, was going to freeze right yeah, yeah so, so i don't know the virus is a, is, a, is a little bit different you know that thing's a that thing's a killer right it goes out there and it, it it gets people sick so i mean that's yeah it's not comparable but i see a lot of money it was where made was made by people right i mean it's just like others took right also advantage of so that that's good I mean, it's critical part of the game. critical moments in the past yeah are financial breakthroughs in some way or another right so critical moments in history critical moments moving forward this is where real money is made you know, it's it's for some it's very scary. For some, it's an opportunity. Either way, the scared and the optimistic, they get we get through it. We figure out, okay, we're here. Like, what are we? Where are we going now? Right. What's, Never crisis. There's an opportunity, right? Right. Right. It's insane. So we got to stay positive. Always. All right, man. Keep pushing forward. <laughs> All right. All right. Encouraging quotes. We're gonna read one real quick. Get your feedback on something. Just real quick. Says, Let's go. Encouraging quotes and messages to fuel your life with positive energy. Right? Positive. The negative is there. You can't get rid you can't have the positive without the negative, I like to say. Right? So the negative's there. You gotta deal with that. You manage the negative into steps to get towards success. And right, you recycle the motivation from negative energy 
into opportunity and growth. And, you know, you got to, that's what we got to do. That's how yeah. we get through life. So let's, let's go with this one. Your biggest fears are opportunities for your greatest growth. Your biggest fears. Biggest fears. Can you imagine that? Like your biggest fear is what? Like dying, right? Leaving my children behind. Like that's a fear, man. That one hits home. And I'm going, my biggest fears are, are opportunities for your greatest growth. Well, how do I recycle that into growth? You know, <laughs> how do I recycle that into what are we doing, man? Like I got a sense of urgency. I don't need any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good one for entrepreneurs, right? I mean, it's like, as I said, my dad was an entrepreneur. I worked for PDVSA on several service companies, always in the oil and gas industry. Drilling and completion. I mean, my daughter says, hey, what, what else do you do? It's like drilling and completion data. That's what I do. Man. Um, I do you do have to be out on location for that when you're retrieving that data or you get it all sent to you in, on the computer? In some locations, some regions, we do. You have to be on location? Yeah. Wow. In some other areas. I mean, we're trying to go more cloud. Right. But hey, I mean, data management starts at the point of acquisition. So, I mean, the closer we are to the sensors and the data That's generators, right. the better. Absolutely. So, how could we not keep our eyes on those that equipment that's out there? Have you have you seen Geologs equipment out on location before? A lot. You've seen their equipment. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah, I love it. Oh man, that thing showed up. It was a supercomputer on site on on a trailer. You know what I mean? Indeed. This Indeed. thing was ch checking out all the detailed hydrocarbons coming out of the ground as we're drilling them. And what I really liked at the time was that they can do this recycling thing. So your delta, as you drill through a formation, you know this better than anything, you get a kick, right? Yeah. And you're like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. Our target's another 5,000 feet, but that was a hydrocarbon kick. You know, we got oil in the, in the pits. Yeah. Like, whoa, that was crazy. Well, from that point forward, that reservoir is influencing all your chemical readings now because it's in the drilling mud. Exactly. Right? And and Geolog picks that up. You see the hydrocarbon markers that came from that specific reservoir. You shelf them. You go, okay, I know that came from that, that reservoir. Let's keep going, keep going, keep going. And then bang, you hit another one. And now you have a different hydrocarbon marker. You got different chemistry going on in that, in that zone than the one that was above it. And uh, that information is so valuable to how operators um, develop the financial success of their properties, right? If you can, you can have stacked benches and you can really delineate where those benches are at depth and the size of them, all your future uh, reserves are so valuable now, right? That's what we're selling. We're selling future reserves on reliable energy. And I love that about Geolog, man. That, their, their computer is so fascinating. It's, uh, it's amazing the amount of technology yeah. They have developed and their passion for doing it at the very best. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, let's just put it that way. You know way. Richard? I know Richard. Really? I know his dad, Antonio. What? You know Antonio? <laughs> Big deal. My respect. Really? Guys. Yeah. Gosh, I would love to do a podcast with that guy. <laughs> how do you so, know them? How do, well, how do you guys cross paths? What's the story there? Well, we collect data from everyone at the rig site. Okay. Okay, and our our industry is global, but it's small, right? Yeah. That's right. So I mean, whenever I mean, I always thought I mean, not not talking, not even before getting to know more geolog, um, I always thought like the mud logging company is a, is a brain of the well. Yeah. And at the rig site, and uh, we collected a lot of information 
Lots. from them that eventually that becomes, I mean, critical for assets. I mean, for asset owners, asset that's acquisition right. is just like right. super important. That's, that's what, how we got in touch wow. with them, how everything was right started. On. When right? was that? Whew. Years ago. I mean, that's, that's good to probably just try to go back the first time I interacted with First Geolog time, man. What was it? Probably 20, 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, Gosh, that's like awesome. That. Yeah, so. Man. And how do you say his last name again? Richard? Uh, Richard Caleri. Caleri. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I can't wait to get him on the podcast today. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, going to be great. Wait for him. I mean, oh, he's, man. you're going to have fun. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That guy's awesome. He loves cars. He loves, he loves cars. Right? Tell me about him. European engineering, you, probably, you don't know if he's going to talk more about Geolog or about the cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, right on. Okay, so let's get back to the basics here. You're talking about drilling and completions. Yeah. So we have the idea that, okay, we, uh, someone came to some landowner and said, hey, I want to come drill a well in your backyard, right? That's the initial step. That's what that book is. And the, the mineral owner says, you know what, I'll, uh, I'll let you do that. I gotta, we got to make a deal here, though. They're my mineral rights. So the operator says, yeah, we'll give you 20% or 12.5% back in the day. And now it's just getting you know, more and more. But 12.5% of all the oil and gas that comes out of this ground and creates revenue, we're going to give you that check for allowing us to come drill a well on your backyard, in your backyard. Right. And bang, now you got a lease in place and you have a drilling rig setting your anchors your dead man anchors are set <laughs> you're hooked up <laughs> on cables all the excitement is that we think it's uh, there. <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna find out if our model is real <laughs> or if we're a little off here and that's when you get installed that's when you come on location and you start uh, putting what your data collecting equipment out there like how do you start when you that drill rig's there and it's ready to spud what do you guys have set at that point i mean it's like back in the day you had to put a very nice box on, super sophisticated. Um, what the sophistications have gone the way of the software. The easiest, the better, right? Especially here in North America, you don't want to pay big bucks to have a bulky box and get out of here. Is probably what you're gonna get from the company, man. <laughs> okay, so we have gone the way from all the way from having a box looks nice, shiny. Yeah. From like, hey, it's all about the software and making things easier. Whether it's for the operator, yeah. service companies, or even wow. software vendors. So we're pretty flexible in, that, in our approach. And we get, to answer your question straight to the point, we connect to all the companies that are generating data. Popped open this podcast with Pablo, and you were just telling us about the kind of the data collection of what the company does. And I thought it was real fascinating. I was hearing about how you're really an integrator between the drilling data, the mud logging data, Completions, downhole tools, completion. right? Downhole tools, all that stuff is integrated through, through your software. Us, yeah. Huh. So we saw that. I mean, traditionally, we've seen in our industry for many years. I mean, service companies doing their best to deliver the data. Um, about nine years ago now, I mean, we thought like, I mean, put it in simple terms, we need a taxi service that is neutral. Think Uber. Um, from the rig to the, through the analytics. But that backbone, that freeway has always been owned by someone. Mm. And for operators, the ideal is like, get me all the information as much, as soon as you can, uh, as fast as you can. I mean, now we are, I mean, back in the day, I mean, it was probably just like sending a few bits of data. Right. Now, I mean, we have a lot of like 
Later, recently, I talked to an operator here in LAN operator in the U.S., and he said, I've got 350 data points in each rig on land. And I was like, wow, what are they taking measuring? And uh, it goes from, like, technical drilling data, surface parameters, and whole tools, mod logging, but also the um, rig components, like, Top drive, draw, draw works, wow. power generator. So, wow. Pushing oh. to that. So, think about us like that neutral and agnostic independent party that can work f with operators, service companies, other software vendors that may see us as a competitor. Uh, we, we don't care. I mean, we help companies move data. Yeah. So, pretty much, we're seeing kind of like the source for trusted data. That's why we're aiming. Man, that's such a big deal. Trusted data. And a lot of the industry, I think, is relying on a lot of historic data. So before your company <laughs> ever even existed, right? Before you yeah. actually could send bits, uh, they were hand-drawn, you know? It on was, paper. Right, <laughs> on paper. And, and you're relying on all that. And so today, you know, we talk about how we're, we're driving in, in towards a, a sustainable future, right? And we're going to have reliable energy that's affordable for everyone. Like, those are goals that you hear people talk about. And the only way to do that and to sustain that is by having a software or having a company that can continuously and reliably get you trusted data. This is it from That's... the measurement. This is your data. And this is everything that was happening all at that time, all recorded, all you can go back to it. How do you visualize all that data? Like, is it all coming like a spreadsheet? And it's like, Man, your top drive starting to like get a lot of play in it or something. It's acting up, and it starts sending red flags to the operator. Like, how do you deliver that information? I mean, we we the first thing is like gathering all data in all types of data forms, yeah, protocols. So we gather all that, and uh, we're pretty active with the industry data standards, um, specifically with Energistics, the regulator of Drilling and completion data transfer standards. Okay. Yeah. Got this is adopted by everyone. Uh, PPDM uh, or yeah. whoever, these companies that kind of come up with these standards, right? And everyone kind of agrees to them. There's organizations out there that, yeah, create Correct. Stand. That regulate that. How do you kind of like move the data? How are you store PPDM? Yes. Tell you how to store that data. Yes. We align with all that. We emphasize that. I mean, there are many different technologies out there, but... For us, it's important to read any type of format. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it can go start with a CSV, which, which is like 30, 40 years old. We collect that data, we make it available, we buffer it at the rig side, and transfer and synchronize in the fastest uh, standards. Wow. Which is right now WITML 2.1. WITML. In, it, in ETP 1.2. Huh. Um, we are one of the tours for the standards to make it affordable and accessible for everyone. Because traditionally, it was kind of like reserved for the super majors and big right. big companies, NOCs. Now we have a model super flexible, so we can work with anyone, even with logging companies. So, because huh. I mean, there's a, there's a, the, the, traditionally, I mean, with ML and those standards were seen as like, oh, they're too expensive. It's right. used by the, all these super majors. Right. So we're bringing it to the market, I mean, in a flexible way. Uh, very friendly user interface, user experience, so you don't need to be a WitchML. WitchML is not as sexy as a, and data analytics, okay. but it enables the best analytics because you have the data. 
Get the data reliably on a time available when you need Interesting. it. Interesting. What's Mel's good on. at that? Yeah. Interesting. Um, so what about if you're trying to make it affordable and, and everyone to use this? I just did a workover on a, on a well that I own. And, I, and I, I had a workover crew. I had the scanning crew for the tubing, tubing testers. I had hot oilers. I had service companies, right? Yeah. All revolving around this project, get this well back online. How, none of them are set up in in uh, data going anywhere. It's all live data. I, I didn't get any, you know, what what did the hot oiler truck do from when he hooked up to the well, he pressured up to a certain degree, he pressured up to a certain pressure, we opened the valve, the fluid started going in, we ended up with taking 70 barrels of fluid down hole at this pressure and this temperature. That was all just there. We were talking about it. How, so how do you get people to adopt the technology needed to capture that that data in this way? Uh, we have taken several routes to approach them. I mean, traditionally, I have to recognize in North America, because, I mean, we have to be very cost effective here, which some all have seen like have been seen like, no, get out of here. OK, uh-huh. um, so making it affordable is the first thing. Now we get and work with them, not throw it at them. And the operators sometimes say, hey, I want this data. And say, we cannot afford it. We are not paid for that. So what we've done is, one, we have started working with them. Sometimes it takes the integrators, a seamless integration with their system. Okay, And that's not necessarily the most profitable for us. But we look at the long term where we can have the data. I mean, having the data available is yeah. one of the priorities. Yeah. I was recently talking to one of the uh, main super majors here in the U.S. and he said, they said, pretty much, I don't care about the data quality that much anymore. I wanted, I want to have it available first. Then we talk about quality. But first, I want to be able to re- take, have a handle of that data. Ah, right. Com- completion is a very interesting uh, area because as it's booming and it implies a lot of money for operators, um, these operations are very quickly and unlike quick and um, and unlike uh, drilling operations, you don't have a rig, so you're going to pretty much a wellhead. Right. You say go three four hours, and that uh, you need to be very dynamic. So one, we work with, we need to work as a colla- in collaboration with the whole community, okay. operators, but also service companies, make their life easier and also do some automation, so um, we can detect if the data we're getting is properly labeled. For instance, in completion, one of the challenges is, hey, you're sending me data from well A. Oh, no, I'm all of a sudden, I mean, after the whole thing, is like you're sending data from well B. Wow. Okay? Wow. Or, you know, simply, I mean, the fracking company forgot, oh, I forgot to push this button. Okay? Right. And we're not getting the data. Right. Or the operator is not getting the data. So right. working that is... The that's, major challenge is still human factor. That's why I talk about collaboration. And having someone there, you know, you can't, you're not going to build a system that has no real hot hands and eyes on, on what's going on. It's, it would be vital for you to have someone there making sure that, you know, we're, we're getting what we're supposed to get. And you, you hit a very nice point. I allowed me to bring this up. It's like, we're a small company, 50 people worldwide, very international. Um, our CTO, lucky him, he, he lives... He lives in a boat. What? 46, 46 feet boat. No way. He's 
anchoring Montenegro in, in the winter time. He literally moved this week to Bari in Italy. What? So the... I mean, he worked from there, and that's I like sharing that because that's what the technology allows us to do today. Yeah. yeah. Now, in order to remain relevant, as you said, I mean, work right there. Yep. We partner with Nov. Ah, yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. Yeah. So we What's partner. What's that stand with for? NOV, I mean, it manufactures a lot of equipment rigs. Right, okay. but what does NOV stand for? National Old World Barco. Ah, got it. Okay. Cool. And uh, they have a lot of presence at the rig site and we leverage their oh, yeah. footprint pretty much. Okay. So, so you kind of bolt on to them. They have the boots on the ground, guys. Boots on the ground. We can be there That's right on great. time. That's great. And How did uh, that deal work out? I mean, you have a company. You kind of need the boots on the ground. How does that... How did you develop that? That's a key relationship for success with your company. Extremely important. I mean, we appreciate that. One, I mean, it takes, took a long time. I mean, years because we're a small company. Right. I mean, they're a monster, but we demonstrated the value. I mean, we, we believe nobody can do it all. Traditionally, software companies, we did, oh, I'm going to do it all. Do it all. Not only the highway, but I also do the analytics and everything. It's like we focus on moving the data efficiently. And then we leverage our partners. We can also deliver analytics, but we work with our partners. I mean, we don't feel like doing the software itself for the analytics is our is where we can be the very best. We I can tell you, moving the data, we're the very best. Wow. We have the best people. Wow. I mean, as I mentioned, Mark Farnan, our CTO, he has created over five different um, real-time system over the past 20 years. Uh, senior advisor, our senior advisor, Ross Philo, former president of Energistics, before also CIO for Halliburton, wow. CIO for Merck's Oil. So, Jeez, that's cool. So we focus on that pretty much. It's like, hey, by that, you know, we enable the best technology and we stay ahead. Yeah, right. And completion part of the show that we kind of got through the drill down. Yeah. We really understand what you're delivering. I like the idea that you are delivering a data set in a way that someone can easily just see what it is and then see the QC product of that, you know, right. like we don't, no one wants a black box when it's real, your, your money's in the ground, you've spent this money, it, what's happening, how are we getting better? There can't be really a black box in that, in that process. So you allow that to happen, that WitsML and how you've designed this, you can deliver this information in a way that it's consumable, that's, and it's fast, you can do it quickly, and then you also have the experience of seeing anomalies in that data, I would imagine. Q seeing the data saying, hey, that's a bad data point. This wasn't working properly here. And now everyone, the operator, the services, right? You guys are you guys are making the best product possible for the data that you just created with millions of dollars. Yes. Uh I want to say, just in case for the audience, I mean, we don't solve the full problem right. of data quality, and especially in completion, it's a big challenge for our industry. We are part of the solution, and I think there you go. the solution is extremely dependent on collaboration. That's why we've taken an approach like we're neutral independent. There are great companies out there doing uh, analytics, and we respect them a lot. I mean, Corva, for example, right? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty good at what they do. So our job is getting the data in collaboration with the rig side service companies, in coordination with the operator, but not exposing necessarily what the issues or the challenges that their service companies having. Because sometimes uh, that's what ha creates a big problem, right? Yeah. It's, hey, 
we're coming here on behalf of the operator. You need to give me the data. Hey, give me a break. That's when they accidentally forget to push that button. Said, hey. So it takes a lot of effort and, yeah. you know, collaboration yeah. and collaboration. creating awareness and like how important this data is. That's great. And I That's think great. we are just tipping on the tip of the iceberg. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you, so your future, your your ideas of kind of the next five to ten years for the company. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on how are we making better QC data? How are we making it more reliable from the drill site to our computers? What do you? Where are you focusing as a company right now? One of the main things is a very good question. Is making the as I told you, I mean in the beginning, uh, we want to be the source for trusted data. Right. Okay. Uh, automating those procedures as much as we can. It would be called a liar by everyone here if I was, if I could tell you that everything can be automated today. But we have proven that AI, I mean, even we have it now in the, our real, I mean, like day to day life with uh, chat, G, chat GPT, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've seen all that. It's like, can yeah. create a mess too. Yeah. Okay. So you need to usually use it wisely. But automating that process of data quality, making it available, reliable. Is where we're pushing for. We're also expanding into renewables and uh, attacking other or entering, breaking in other industries, evolving yeah. with what we're doing. Same thing. Think about that highway of data. So the more we can provide reliably, the better. Wow. Looking for automation and uh, reliability of that. Man. Data. I like the simplicity of it. You know exactly. what I mean? And you keep making it a point that we're not this full in a full integrated solution for you. Right. you. You have figured out a way to be collaborative with other companies that do a really good job at what they do, which allows you to have this integrated point in your process as the operator. You're the integration kind of communicating with everybody and recording what's going Correct. on. That I think is incredibly valuable. And then you've taken it even further. And, and I think you made it simple by not getting over your skis and saying, oh, we can do that. Oh, yeah, we can do that, too. We can do And all of a sudden you're trying to be a mud logging company and a, you know, drilling down measurement mile drilling tool company and all these other things that happen out there. You're not getting clouded from that. You're focusing on we just want to make the data trusted. We just right. want to get trusted data to you, the operator, and we're going to manage that for you. That, that approach has been pretty hard. I mean, even challenging internally with our executive team. Um, but I can tell you that's what allowed us to partner with NOV. We'll partner last year with Slumberjay. Wow. We partnered, we're in the process of partnering with Halliburton and people is like, hey, wow. how do you guys come in? So we're, I need to re remain neutral. That's right. right? Yeah, I mean, there's no like, red hey, and just blue. I want to give you the best data and so that's you guys it. can make more money. <laughs> that's it. You're not red or blue. Yeah. You're providing value. You do something that everyone can use. You provide value to anyone that's doing drilling or completions in the oil and gas industry that wants reliable, trusted data, or at least attempt it better and more efficiently than you're currently doing, right? right? And so if it's Schlumberger, Halliburton, if it's direct competitors, does not matter. You're agnostic. They still need good data. Yeah, that's right. They still need the good it's data. Exactly Whatever right. they do after they get the data is their business. Sure. And we don't take sides. Right. But how does uh, the, okay, I want to go a few different places, but I, we don't have all the time in the world. It's a great podcast. Very interesting what you've built, what you do, and your, your experiences. Man, I think that's going to be so valuable as we move forward. And, and you're doing more than just oil and gas, I would assume. Are you, are you starting to get in geothermal? And We're in that process. 
Wow. Okay, and that's why we're here too today. I mean, it's part of like the what we contribute and collaborate with Geolog. Man, so. right on. That is really cool. I'm excited for you, sir. I'm excited for Pablo. How did you say your last name again? Perez. I mean, Perez. My, well, I have that very extensive extended names. I mean, like from Latin America. I'm, I'm Perez Baras. My father, my grandfather was German. So Baras, really? my company, is uh, stands for his name. I mean, he was a That's German. That's a German name, yeah, Baras. Yeah, Baras is a German name. He was, brought, uh, he was born in Breslau, which is now Poland, but in 1899, wow. he was part of Germany. Wow. And uh, How did you know that? How, do you, how did you guys keep track well, of it's all a big, records? It's a big story because he, uh, he was in the first war. He was a German soldier. Second war, he because he was Jewish, uh, he was a victim. He was three years in Buchenwald. Oh my goodness! And uh, he was helped out from that place and sent to Venezuela. And uh, oh my goodness! Then he met my grandmother, and then no he way. had six, six kids. <laughs> One of them right? is my mom. <laughs> six kids. One of them is your mom. And here you are, this German Venezuelan. German Venezuelan Texan. So I say, what am I? Is <laughs> an alien? <laughs> With my accent and stuff, it's like my daughters are super Texan. <laughs> my wife that is, is so super awesome. wide blown eyes. I said, people is that like, right? Are they, are they your daughters? And it's like, well, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> now, and you look like that actor. Have you been told this? I'm sure you've oh, been told goodness. this. It's a Hulk. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he played uh, the Hulk. He played yeah, all I've kinds of stuff. Uh, What's his name? Um, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Mark Ruffalo? Is that right? Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Dude, I, I was literally sitting as we begin this podcast, and I said, I wonder I know if this guy. I wonder if this is actually Mark Ruffalo, and what he's doing is preparing <laughs> for a movie where he's trying yeah, to play a Venezuelan guy, and he's like practicing with me. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> I wish I had his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after too long, he might be thinking the other thing. Yeah, he right. I mean, yeah. You know, it's We're funny. Here to stay. I mean, the oil and gas is not going anywhere. No, yeah, no. If anything, like... it might be the polar opposite. You know. Yeah. We there's something to be said for actors and creating, you know, this artificial reality for people to be inspired by and right go on these journeys, these cinematic adventures, right? But at the end of the day, when things are actually pretty intense, it really comes down to some basics. Basics, right? Yeah, you don't you have go. time. To, to watch actors anymore, right? What if that time comes? Well, we better have our energy source really reliable and we still need to work on that. Yeah. We're not there Good yet. Deal. And there's a part of reality, I feel like, that just thinks the energy is just there. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just giving my, you know, TikTok, let me go to work, <laughs> right? And energy's just there. When I flip that switch, it's there. What are you talking about? We're not, we don't have reliable energy. Right. And it's a big eye-opener when you realize, wow, it's actually pretty fragile. It, it is. So it's, actually, fragile. it's actually pretty fragile. And there's an amazing amount of people that are risking their lives every day. They, they risk their lives being on those platforms offshore, at oil well leases onshore that have H2S gas problems. You literally could die doing what we do. Also going through the downturns, I mean, right. in our case. And then, oh, so by the way. it's also risking life, you yeah. know what I mean. So yeah, you're people like, sometimes oh. ignores that. But it's yeah. Like, yeah, no, energy, in, and I think we're, we're in a good spot for, I think, societies and for just really the globe to, to, to integrate, right, collaborate. I think social media is doing a good thing in that front. You know, we, people Big around deal. the world. We need more of you guys, I mean, because uh, we need to tell the world, hey, we're not those 
evil patties that, I mean, we've been painted like, I mean, right. in terms of like oil and gas. Right. We're needed. We try to do the best to That's right. take care of our nature environment. That's right. I mean, things can go south in any type of business. Right. Okay, but well, this is why, I mean, part of we do our two cents. I mean, the data, I mean, the better data we have, the better safety you can aim for. Right. And therefore, I mean, it's That's like, hey, you know, we're, we're needed. I mean, we're not to be hated, but appreciated. Right. That's hard. Yeah. It's tough to change the, uh, what people have started talking about is the narrative, you yeah. know. We got to change the narrative. And it's like, well, you can't change a narrative unless you can change someone's perspective. I'm not if saying they don't have the ability to unlock what they believe is true that makes the oil and gas industry a villain. They'll never not believe oil and gas is a villain. So how do you change the perspective? Yeah. How do you get them to unlock that point that says, nope, that's what it is. No, hold on. Let's talk about it. And how do you do that effectively? How do you do that globally exactly. in all languages? Yeah. How is that possible? It's tough. It's, it's a tough. challenge. It is tough. Well, we have a good uh, opportunity here in Texas, right? I mean, we're a very successful, profitable state. Yeah. And oil and gas is a big factor for yep. companies as well, for people, families, and that they yep. make a lot of, make it a lot of like, uh, I mean, they made their life or make a life out of taking the risk, as you mentioned. Man. Well, I'm I'm willing to take risk with you, sir. I appreciate you doing <laughs> doing this show. It sounds like your experience and what you provide to the industry is really really valuable. And uh, I just do workovers. I don't drill. I'm not that, and I don't recomplete nothing. I'm just buying a well. It's doing something. And then I I make subtle changes and influences to the system, chem chemically, physically, just subtle changes to what's there, and then just bring it back online. But when I'm going through these workovers, I'm looking at unbelievable amount of data coming back Oof. and i'm the one in the field with a clipboard and a cowboy hat staying out of, trying to stay out of the sun not get burned right golly it would be nice to figure out a, an efficient way yeah, to just, just like happy to kind of like get involved i mean we cannot solve it all just not at once it. but i mean try try the hardest i mean right? we've been working on this for a lot of years and that uh, we're we believe i mean things are changing quite rapidly frankly i'm after covid we're seeing a lot of openings for data. I mean, understanding that that's great. You know, digitalization is it's here. That's great. That's great. Right on, Pablo. I wish you nothing but success, sir. Appreciate it. Stay positive. Thank you for the invite. You owe me the whiskey. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>